there has been what some might call a mad rush to increase the power in cars, but Audi has launched a Q7 model with 40 less kilowatts. The Q7 is a large SUV with a lot of features and a cool ride. Now, according to Audi, their website, the new model costs $106,300 or so. Uh, that's on the road, uh, including all dealer charges and so on, uh, depending, of course, a little on which state you're in. And uh, while the original 200 kilowatt version costs another six grand more, is the lower horsepower car a compromise too far? Has it lost anything with its reduction in? In power, Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au has been driving the so-called lower-powered car and he has, and I have driven it as well. Let's see what we think. Uh, Paul, is it a compromise too far? David, I certainly don't think it is a compromise too far. The uh, Audi Q7 is a, it's a big SUV. It's a two-ton SUV. Um, and even in the, the so-called lower-powered version with 160 kilowatts of power and 500 newton minutes of torque, it's hardly short-changed. And I think unless you put them back-to-back -back and drove them back-to-back, -back, you'd be very hard-pressed to feel the difference in everyday use. We're talking about a diesel engine here. Possibly the, the kilowatts is not the, such a big issue, but the uh, newton meters might be. But being a diesel, there are heaps of it anyway, down from 600 to 500. 500 is still a lot. It is, and it comes on, it comes on from like 1,200 revs. I mean, just, you know, from... from it wasn't that long ago that 1,200 revs was almost idling speed. Well, from, from 1,250 revs, you've got 500 newton metres of power at your, at your command to sort of pull the car through. And that's reflected also, I think, in its, you know, it's, it's still quoted to tow, to tow, you know, 3,500 kilograms brake towing capacity. So it, it's a big machine that does everything that you want from a big SUV even though it's been slightly, uh, what, detuned, I guess, is the way you'd have to put it? Well, it is the same engine, isn't yes, it? it is. It's just a, a three-litre, six-cylinder diesel engine. Mm. I think one of its advantages with aluminium bonnet doors and front guards is it's not over-heavy for the class. In fact, I think it's perhaps one of the uh, lighter-weighted vehicles in that class. In the big SUV class, yes, it is. Um, I remember when, when, the S, when the Q7 was launched quite some years ago now, it felt very large. It really felt bigger than its com competition. Um, this one's surprisingly, you know, not only has it been depowered, it's also been desized. Um, they've brought it down in size. They've, they've reduced the weight. Uh, the, the outer dimensions are smaller. So all in all, it's a very, very competent vehicle. I think the Q7 and, and the Q9, I thought, did look a bit, well, just lumpily big, if you know what I mean. It just... Uh, Looked like someone who was big and tall, but just a little bit awkward for that size. I don't, it didn't look bad, but I think this new one does look a bit better, and they've used the interior space much better. Yes, indeed. I think my, my editor at Practical Motoring actually says it drives well and no longer looks like a pregnant skateboard. Um, not my comment, Mr. Audi. I didn't, I didn't say that, but it certainly does look <laughs> a lot more attractive. Our colleague, Tim O'Brien, says the 160-kilowatt model might not be quite a rocket ship, but it has winged heels on the road, corners like it isn't an SUV and is an effortless long distance tourer. I thought that was a nice eloquent way to sum it up and I tell you what it gets pretty good fuel consumption it's amazing. and hardly much difference between the, the two powered vehicles. No, it's um, what 5.8 litres per 100 k's which uh, considering again you're driving a two ton SUV 
Yeah. And a, an SUV that gets up and moves. I mean, I, I tend to agree with Tim. It's, it's not a rocket ship. But in the real world, we just don't need things like, and I, I, you know, pull me back here, but things like Jeep Grand Cherokee SRTs are fantastic fun, but they're not the most practical or sensible things in the real world. The Audi Q7 just makes remarkably good sense. There are very few times, unless you can see an oncoming B-double, that you really need to get... Ex- sports car acceleration to save your life yes i think this is, again i keep saying i think the audi q7 in its detuned form and you're saving six thousand dollars over the more powerful version uh, presents a very good case for itself eight speed gearbox yes well they're becoming pretty much standard these days audi's always had a good gearbox in that sense uh, and the eight speed gearbox is pretty well seamless under normal circumstances you're hard pressed to, to tell it's changing gears and you're almost impossible to when it comes to trying to work out which gear it's in. Someone said it acts like a good butler. <laughs> it uh, just sort of controls the thing remarkably well. Keeps my glass full without me having to think about it, yeah. Does it drive well? It drives beautifully. Um, and I, I, again, agree with Tim that when you point it down a highway, it just sits on the highway. It's always been my contention that with a, with a, for a good ride and a, a luxury vehicle, weight is one of the components that makes it all work. And... The Q7 sort of in many ways proves that. It just sits on the highway, it cruises along, you drive into bends and curves at, at quite comfortable speeds, you don't actually feel like it's going to lose its footing, you don't feel like it's going to lose its composure. Uh, it is a very, very cosseting long-distance vehicle. Now, if we can just fix our speed limits and road rules, it would be perfect for Australia, except that we're going to be sitting on 100 k's an hour, which is probably about, at best, half of the vehicle's capability. So... You know, we're so far within its ability, could be driving anything, to be honest. It's easy to tack on technology, and this certainly has it. We'll talk about that. But I think it, it's, it's more than just that. Certainly even the, uh, the sound or the lack of sound when you're touring, the noise, right, and, and harshness, vibration and harshness, it's actually managed to control very well. Yeah. The lack of noise and vibration and harshness, Audi's always been very good at this. And it's it's those sort of elements that do make it a relaxing long distance vehicle. You can drive any vehicle a long distance if you're you know constantly paying attention, but that's what tires you out is having to pay you know close attention and having to sort of screen out noise and screen out feedback. The Audi does all of that for you and just lets you concentrate on driving. Some of the extra features, obviously, from a safety point of view, it has what you would call the usual stuff: electronic stability control. It's got parking distance measures front and back and of course it also gives you on the screen indication of what you've got again not necessarily absolutely uh, you know modern science it's been around for a while but it does put them all together including things like lane departure but it, it will also give you an indication if you are wandering in the lane not just on the dashboard but through the steering wheel it will actually tug you back into line yes it will do that i'm not sure it does it quite as well as i would like at this stage it felt a little to me like like a bowling ball going down the alley where the gutters are full of that uh, sort of padding stuff for young kids who are just learning and so it tends to go a bit from one side to the other without ever going out of the lane but without ever finding quite the nice balance of sitting in the middle yeah it's, it's a strange thing that you know we have this argument about the more you cosset a driver the more you sort of make him feel him her feel safe and secure and whatever the less input that that driver will have. A a general reminder that you're wandering within the lane in many ways will sort of 
it's like a it's like a poke in the ribs from your from your wife in the passenger seat. Wake up! What are you doing? Pay attention. But you're right. I don't think the Audi does it as well as some of its competitors. I think some of those lane keep assists and, and other whatever they want to call them, they all have their own names. Some of those systems tend to work a little more confidence inspiringly, if I can you know, coin yet another phrase. They make you feel more comfortable when you're doing it. The Audi doesn't ever feel like it's completely on top of its game in that area. It's not quite as smooth as some of the others. It's nice to have, but although it surprised me when I first got into it, I thought, hang on, this wheel's tugging at me and it's doing it for a reason, of course. Mm. And that was good, as you say, like the dig in the ribs. But when you sort of let it go over a long period of time, it didn't smooth out the corrections quite as much. It wasn't sharp by any means, but... As you say, perhaps others are, uh, have got it just a little bit better at this side. whole pile of nice features, tailgate boot is powered, which is uh, very nice to do. also looks rather uh, pretentious almost when you're in the parking uh, spot and the, the boot lowers itself down. But otherwise, and, and you found the dials and that oh, look, comfortable? Audi's sort of stepped up yet again. They've, they've stepped up another 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 level with their interiors it's just a really nice place to be the the dials are nice the finish is nice the quality of the materials is superb i would sort of put a little question mark over some of the lighter colors as to you know if you've got kids or dogs or you want to take it camping or whatever but when it comes to interiors audi are still right at the top of the game and also of course the other thing that's happening there is that one of the things they've done is that they've um, they've recognized that the old 60 40 split row second split second row seat wasn't up to the mark these days and they've improved that to 35 30 35 split and you know flip folding and walk through so you know they've obviously taken on board some fairly minor criticisms of the predecessor model some of the optional extras are quite pricey it's not hard to add twenty five thousand dollars to the car but overall it is a luxury car it does have you know a hundred thousand dollar plus price tag to get it on the road but nonetheless, a darn good vehicle. Is that how you would sum it up? I would certainly say so. I think it's pretty well equipped for what is a substantial chunk of money that no one's ever going to call a hundred and something thousand dollars cheap. And I think you know most of what, as you say, are quite expensive options. You really sit there and say, well, do I need them? Do I really, really want those options? And I don't think in most cases they're indispensable. So if you've got the money you want to spend, the money you look at your monthly payments, whatever it's going to be, you make that call. There's some LED uh, matrix headlights, which apparently are very, very good, but again, can be quite expensive. Paul, as always, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, David. That's Paul Morell from practicalmotoring.com.au. We were talking about the Audi Q7 large SUV.